1: You're very welcome along to the big red bench this bank holiday Sunday. And oh, to be in Thurles, what a game! It's gone to extra time in the Munster hurling final between Clare and Limerick, and the ball has just been thrown in in the second period. It's Clare 25 points, Limerick 27, two points in it. We'll keep an eye on that over the next 10 minutes. Coming up this evening, we get reaction from Dylan O'Connell on Ireland's lost Armenia. Yesterday, deflating loss away to Armenia 1 New Cork City women's boss Danny Murphy. He joins us to discuss the plans ahead and the road ahead for the uh, Cork City women's team and uh, Cork minor football boss Michael O'Brien reflects on a massive Munster final win over Kerry that and much much more coming up before 7 Aidan Lee here with you until 7 on Corks Red FM on the big red bench and it's a one point game at Semple Stadium. It's gone over the bar. Um, it's David Fitzgerald I think that's that's after getting another score for Clare. So one point in it, Limerick 124, Clare 26 points. What a game of hurling it has been. It has been one, it's been almost a nostalgic game of hurling. It was man on man for most of the game I think towards the end of right both teams had a sweeper in front of the full back line as Limerick extend the lead back to two points again Jamie Flanagan with a score from distance 125-26 uh, to 26. but yeah what a fantastic game it has been and the referee in fairness is uh, has a, it, there's a lot to be said because he has left it flow it, it's been him really that's contributed the most almost to, to how good this game has been and Claire have lost their way a small bit they had a few wides but they have a goal chance here and Limerick just coming away with it trying to clear it still not gone what a performance it's been from Claire they've really put it up to Limerick and it's been a draw in every single game they've played this year as Tony Kelly the man who sent it to extra time with a sideline uh, down I think was just outside the 21 sideline over the bar to send extra time he's reduced the gap once again to one point he is the best hurler in the country there's no doubt about that this year um, for me anyway he's player of the year um, I, I would absolutely if it was tomorrow you'd give it to him so um, yeah it's been super performance let's see if Claire can keep it up we'll keep an eye on it uh, 12 minutes gone so 8 minutes left to go there in the second period of extra time in Thurles. Now, the Cork City Marathon and Half Marathon were on uh, today. Uh, wet weather, of course, but it didn't stop people partaking in the first in-person event in three years, which is a mighty long time. Tim O'Donoghue from East Cork AC set a new course record and placed first in the full marathon with a time of 2 hours, 18 minutes and 37 seconds. And a massive shout-out and a massive well-done, to our own Rory O'Hagan of course uh, who uh, he completed the half marathon in an hour and 58 minutes so fair play Rory um, and uh, he'll be back next week I'm sure he'll, he'll have a few stories uh, about his uh, his time on the course um, Yeah, I saw him speaking about it just on Twitter there he said coming down St. Patrick Street was uh, a fairly uh, cool experience for him so yeah fair play to everyone that took part today uh, Tyrone are out of this year's All-Ireland Football Championship uh, the defending All Ireland champions have been beaten by Armad. They were beaten by Armad earlier, earlier today in the first round of the qualifiers. The Orchard County won 116 to 110 in Newry and Tyrone just didn't have any, they didn't have enough. Armand were excellent in fairness and uh, certainly the more attacking team. And and they did win out in the end as Limerick go to clear again with 13 and a bit minutes gone, 126 to 27 points. Uh, But yeah, Armand now join Cork, Clare and Mayo in the second round draw. The draw is tomorrow morning. Well, there's more than that, I suppose. In the in the second round draws, uh, try and pull it up here if I can. Um, I'll get the full list of teams. Of course, you have the provincial losers as well as those who uh, are gone into the the second round. Um, yeah, I've got the full list here. So it's Cork, Clare, Armagh, Mayo. Uh, they all are the winners from round one, and they will. Both they, each of those four teams will play either Kildare, Roscommon. Donegal or Limerick, the four provincial losers. So uh certainly interesting to see who Cork end up with their um I presume it is uh first drawn gets the uh home tie. I don't think it's it's seeded as if the the um the provincial teams get the provincial losers. No, it's whoever comes out first gets gets the uh Gets the home tie, as far as I know. Uh, So, uh, yeah, certainly will be an interesting one tomorrow morning to keep an eye on. Uh, But, yeah, back to Armagh and Tyrone. uh, Armagh legend Aaron Kiernan says they dominated their rivals from start to finish you have
2: to say that without doubt we were a better team uh, we mentioned at half time that obviously there was only the point in it and it, it wasn't reflective of how the first half went there was a fear then that we'd left thrown in the game but I have to say uh, throughout the whole second half um, the pace that they are able to play with the intensity and in their tackling um, they just controlled the entire game
1: a three-point buffer now for Limerick in the Munster Hurling final. 15 and a half minutes gone in extra time. And, oh, it looks like it's going to be a fourth Munster title in a row heading to the Treaty County, 127 to 27 points. It's the first time I think there has been a goal in it. Um, it's been such a tight game. And uh, I think Geroet Hegarty is just down to cramp there. What a goal he scored in the first half, Geroet Hegarty. Unbelievable. He's just... The height of him and the strength of him, he just came onto a breaking ball, flicked the ball over, uh, the, the Cork defender's head. It might have been Rudy Hayes. Not entirely sure. I'll have to watch it back again, but, and a superb finish then. Low to the goalkeeper's left, shall we say, uh, into the bottom corner. Super, super stuff. And they're looking for an insurance point here from distance. Has this gone over the bar? What a time for RT player to buffer. It did go over the bar. It's 31 points now it's 27, 128. To 27 points. A long range effort there. So it looks like four in a row is going to Limerick. Sligoer into the Telgen Cup semi-finals following a dramatic penalty shootout win over Leitrim The sides couldn't be separated after a 216 to 119 draw after extra time in Carrick and Shannon. And of course, penalties were on the cards in Thurles as well if, if it was going to go that way. Um, Aidan Devaney saves two spot kicks for the eighths county to send them into the Final Four. Earlier, Westmeath joined Offaly and Sligo in the next round thanks to a 121 to 213 victory away to Carlo. Uh, Kevin had no problems in Brewster Park as they beat Fermana 216 to 13 points. Rory McIlroy has had a bit of a horror show uh, He's had a double bogey and a bogey To open his final round of the Memorial Tournament in the USBJ Tour This was a competition he was in contention of Yesterday, before the start of yesterday's third round I think he was two shots off the lead um, Or three shots off the lead Actually he was five under And I think Cameron Smith was the leader on eight under And now he's three over after three holes one under for the tournament Shane Lowry is one over after seven holes leaving him one shot better off the McIlroy's two under for the week American Billy Horschel is out in front on 13 under Leona is in the tie for 10th ahead of the final round of the US Women's Open in Southern Pines the Irish woman shot a third round 68 to keep herself in contention of a top 10 finish she's 8 shots off the lead as uh, she goes back out for her con- concluding round at 10 to 7 Irish time this evening Australian Min. Lee holds a three shot advantage on 13 under par Wales and Ukraine are battling it out for a place in this year's World Cup in Qatar an own goal from Andrey Yarmolenko of course the uh, West Ham player has, or former West Ham player at least anyway has the Welsh side in front um, as they look to qualify for their first uh, World Cup in 64 years uh, 1-0 at halftime there to Wales in Cardiff It's also halftime, the Nations League clash between Cyprus and Northern Ireland in League C, where it is nil all. Now, with uh, just under two minutes left, it's Limerick 128, clear 27 points, and the game will be over the next time. I am back with you because we're going to stick with Nations League action now and we're going to speak to Dylan O'Connell about yesterday's very disappointing loss uh, by the Republic of Ireland away to Armenia. Uh, The side lost 1-0 yesterday. I am joined on the line by journalist Dylan O'Connell to look back on a disappointing defeat yesterday uh, for Ireland away to Armenia. Uh, Dylan, thanks for joining us. Look, Dylan, um, a lot of possession on the ball. I I, I watched bits and pieces of it. I I probably watched about seventy percent of the game. I, I didn't keep an eye on it for the whole thing, but Ireland seemed to have a lot of the ball. They were creating some chances. What went wrong? I suppose you can only say it was a lack of composure up front. Uh, like I remember
3: they had one chance where a ball was put into where Callum Robinson won the ball from wide position, the Armenian goalkeeper came off his line, he squared to Chidoze and Chidoze put it wide. There was another moment well of the game where a crossing into the crossing into the box, Chidoze headed towards goal, he was he was unmarked. Uh, and he throws not the power in the header it went wide so there was this little bit of lack of composure as well uh, with regard to that and like even if you look at the UEFA attempts Ireland had 55 attacks in the game but they only had two shots on target as well so like there was not just a lack of composure but a lack of creativity as well either a ball in the final third, either that killer pass. you know that role Thiago Sony's performed to Liverpool or De Bruyne does for Man City, where he
1: just finds that path. Mm. Every time that that Stephen Kenny seems to be getting away from this pressure and getting out of the woods, something happens again, and it's all thrown back into contention once again.
3: Yeah, like we were like we finally seen to get ahead of a like because we haven't, we've never won a game in the UEFA Nations League. It's, it's a terrible, terrible record, and like we're coming to this on the back of eight game unbeaten run. We'd scored fifteen goals since the one all draw against Azerbaijan last September. And, like, you know, we seem to be kind of, like, you know, finally getting somewhere. And, like, with respect, the kind of wider Irish football audience were kind of starting to get behind Stephen Kenny, people who wouldn't be League of Ireland loyalists or people who traditionally would follow the league. And, like, now straight away we're back to that discourse of, is he cut out for the job? And, like, you just see that level of criticism yesterday on, on social media. So, like, it's, I suppose he now needs a good performance against Ukraine on Wednesday night to try and, I suppose, hit back.
1: At the same time, it's hard for any manager to get a team scoring goals when we don't have a number nine. We don't have a prolific number nine or an experienced number nine at the international level.
3: Yeah, like I suppose people. I think people tend to judge international football based off like club football. Where, like, you know, if you look a to the Premier League, you've let's say Hal now coming into Man City, even Alvarez as well from River Plate. Whereas with international football, it is very much we just getting the ball in the back of the net, and that's it. We do have forwards, like we have you know, Steve Young Bene. We do have Troy Park, Jose Bene, Callum Robinson. But like, I'm not going to say they're not playing to a high level, but like again, they're not 20, 30 goal to season strikers. They're not an at number nine. They're forwards. They can play in the a winger. They can play in a centre-forward role. They can play as a striker, but they're not sole strikers. Like To be honest, I think Adam Ida was losing a loss yesterday because he's the closest thing we have for a centralised striker.
1: Yeah, I think his hold-up play is far superior to anything that Troy Parrott is able to do at least, and uh, like, also Robinson isn't that player, as you said, He's he likes to, to take it on the turn and get in behind Ida is a loss there in terms of hold-up, I suppose
3: Yeah, and I feel like that's what we were missing on yesterday evening, was someone to either break the ball down inside the box, like I know we did bring up John Egan in the last I suppose 15, the last 10 minutes, John Egan went up top as a striker, as like just trying to break balls down but at that stage Arme- like Armenia looked quite comfortable like Ireland didn't have the composure we were trying to rush balls in we are really lacking that centralised number 9 I suppose 9 was the Robbie Keane role but someone like just somebody can throw up top who's big and awkward
1: um, how much and it's kind of sad to say this but how much is a factor of like Seamus Coleman not really being up to it anymore to be able to play wing back anyway and also into Stevens, I've never been convinced by the guy in an Ireland shirt like I've seen him put in some fantastic performances for Sheffield United, but I'd, for me, he's never done it for Ireland. Like, I think it's
3: probably the answer of the system. Like, Ireland played their, their 3-5-2 formation, which they've been using since the Luxembourg game last year in Dublin. And that's a really good formation, but, like, it's a very defensive formation in the end of the day. Like, you saw that against Portugal in the 2-1 loss last September, where it's very good for pushing teams wide. But it does have have its limitations. So, like for all the good work, Shams Coleman tried to do yesterday, and then the Stevens, Stephen Kenny mentioned in the post match that Armenia did play five at the back as well. And like most, most tacticians and like football writers would often say that, like if a team against playing, let's say three five two, came up against another team playing three five two, they already cancel each other out because like the benefit you get is the overlapping full backs going to the final third that cancel each other out because they've there's five against five there straight away. And like if you've two in the box, two centre by strikers, straight away you've three centre backs able to swat away balls. So like you saw a lot when teams started playing it against Chelsea back in 2017-18 in the Premier League. So I suppose yesterday James Coleman did his best and so did Ennis Stevens, but it was more to respect Stephen Kenny got outthought by Armenia. He wasn't he did it himself. Armenia tend to play four four two. They don't tend to play the three five two game which they did yesterday.
1: Are we back now to it being three must-win games again for Stephen Kenny to almost keep himself in the job? Like, I mean, he's hardly going to get chipped out of this stage, so close to the Europe, European qualifying campaign. But for I suppose at least the narrative to to be put on hold. These upcoming three games, two against Ukraine and one against Scotland, are, are now really important, aren't they?
3: Oh, one hundred percent. And like, what makes I think the more the the biggest pressure is the fact that the Stephen Kenny is act a good setback Irish football way with ten to fifteen years. Because like he's the first manager who's come from the League of Ireland since Owen Hand, uh, since Owen hand, I think, in the eighties, and Brian Kerr, I suppose, with a still with Pats in the nineties. So like with him, there has been a noticeable increase in attendances in the League of Ireland. More people are getting back. And like if you look at this league, this Irish team, the majority of the players are coming out of the League of Ireland, like like Chirosi uh, Jamie McGrath. I know he wasn't in the squad yesterday, just to name two off the top of my head, even Alan Brown as well. So, like, if they get rid of Stephen Kenny, it could set back Irish football, and we need investment in Irish football because, again, this isn't the 90s, this isn't the 80s. We need the league to start producing players. We live in a post-Brexit reality, where we're we won't be sending players over to England at 16 anymore. They have to be 18 now to make the journey across. So, like, we need investment in the league. How do clubs get investment by like, people going through the doors, by going through the turnstiles? So, like, with with Stephen Kenny and at the job and the current games of like, he needs to put in a good performance to try and keep that. To try and keep the the interest going because there is a noticeable increase in people going to matches at the moment.
1: I suppose just to finish on a positive note from a Cork point of view, four players uh, featured yesterday, and of course, Cuiven Kelleher in goal because I believe Bazuno picked up a bit of an injury during the week. But uh, great to see four Cork lads uh, in the green jersey.
3: Yeah, it was fantastic. And like Alan Brown coming off the bench, like like Kweevin made some really good saves at the start of the game. Uh, start like you 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 can't fault him for the goal as well, even even uh, Stephen Kenny said that yesterday in the post-match uh, press conference he was there going that was even a half chance it was just a hit and hope kind of situation and you can't you can't fault him John Egan did everything right he tried to break down balls like I know this is I know if my auntie with my uncle kind of carry on but like if you had a little bit more power in one header if the ball went an extra 5 centimeters it was in kind of job so like so like the Cork lads did, did what they could but like again it was an unfortunate day but it was still great to see so many Cork lads in the Irish squad
1: absolutely and hopefully we'll see them even more over the next uh, three games in the next couple of weeks uh, Dylan great stuff thanks for meaning. thanks Aidan yeah Dylan O'Connell there on uh, Ireland versus Armina we'll hear from Stephen Kenny in just a minute but it is all over at Semble Stadium in Thurless and it is Limerick who have won on a scoreline of 129 to 29 points against Clare after extra time to seal a fourth title in a row the first time since 1933 to 36 uh, since they've picked up a four in a row Shamie Flanagan I believe has picked up man of the match 12 points um, he scored today uh, I presume most of them are from play I don't think he was taking too many frees uh, Aaron Galan 17 points um, obviously, was on free-taking duties, and you know the likes of Colin O'Neill, Tom Marcy, Colin O'Neill picking up two points, Tamarsy with with four points. But that Garot Higarty goal, that superb goal in the first half of the game, was the difference in the end. In goals, win games, and it's the old adage, but it's true. That's why people keep saying it. Peter Duggan uh, scored seven points uh, for Clare. Tony Kelly. 19 points obviously also on free taking duties but he put over some f- unbelievable scores that sideline to take the game to extra time I think uh, it, it will go down in, in the memory uh, well hopefully it won't get lost in, in the memory because of the fact that they didn't go on to win it in extra time but uh, what a fantastic score it was great game and uh, yeah it's uh, all about the uh, All-Ireland quarterfinals now next week um, of course it's, it's Cork travelling to Corrigan Park Uh, the uh, St. John's GA club pitch which is kind of a stand in until Caseman Park gets ready which looks like there's a bit of movement on that recently so yeah Cork go to Antrim and it's Wexford coming to Austin Stack Park in Tralee to play Kerry in a game I absolutely cannot wait for I was really hoping it was going to be Cork because it would have been superb but I'm sure a great Wexford crowd will come down to Tralee as well and uh, yeah next weekend will be a cracker uh, for Hurling once again um, after this weekend uh, and also coming up later on we'll look back at the Leinster final of course uh, Kilkenny edging out Galway and uh, we'll we'll discuss the Shefflin Cody stuff as well I don't know I, I don't know what to make of it at this stage but a, a bit of a mountain over the molehill yesterday I'm not sure what was going on we'll delve into it if you have any thoughts on that give us a shout give us a text uh, 0868104106 or uh, contact us on Twitter at Big Red Bench. alright let's hear from Stephen Kenny now on yesterday's disappointing loss away to Armenia
0: I went
4: wrong right um obviously we, we lost the game that uh a tight game really overall you know I think it's not a game that we deserve to lose couldn't say that on the balance of play or the balance of chances but we've lost and we've only ourselves to blame really um, you know so we're disappointed um, I thought the last 20 minutes of the first half last 20 25 minutes of the first half were, were, we were really in control um, um, but we didn't, we didn't start the second half like that at all you know, I was disappointed that we didn't start the second half the way, we ended the first. Um, so we seem to be susceptible to counter-attacks. Uh, obviously, we've watched Armenia, we still did the last 20 games. They've only played five at the back, just once against Germany. You know, they've never played five at the back before. They always play 4-4-2. And um, we... Um, we found it difficult to, to break them down. We created some good chances, but we didn't take them. Some half chances. that they didn't really have any chances. Paromendy, the, the offside goal. Um, so, so it's disappointing overall. Mm. there is a trend of the team struggling to break
5: down those
4: deep line defences. Luxembourg has broken the tonight. Why is that? Yeah, I think Luxembourg like was a long time ago, you know, and uh, that was. You know that was there's, there's reasons for that but tonight yeah we, we yeah you know we I accept criticism of that like tonight that we didn't um, you know we didn't um, unlock the door more and, and, break, and create more clear cut chances against against Armenia um, so um obviously they they defended the cross as well and all of our 1-2 play at the edge of the box they just got a lot of vital tackles and vital blocks at key times and we did get creative chances clever passes Jeff Hendrick through to Callum Robinson first half and then obviously Chido Benya's chance when Callum Robinson above involved in the move as well. That, that, that shot just missed the post, and then obviously we had a lot, a lot of half chances from corner kicks, free kicks. She Ch- the header himself. Shane Duffy quite a few. John Egan. So you know we had most of the chances in the game. We just couldn't make them work. And they have scored from a position that's not even a half chance. You know they've scored an unbelievable strike, and we've we've got punished. And just my last question: Is
3: it still possible to have this group?
4: Oh, we've made life difficult for ourselves, but we, rather than focusing on that, we've got to focus on just bouncing back against Ukraine on Wednesday. We've got two home games now. We've got a Ukraine and Scotland, so we've got to dust ourselves down. We're disappointed about ourselves. You know, we know we should. We know it's a poor result. We're well aware of that, and uh, we've got to dust ourselves down now for Wednesday. Then, and then we'll end
3: the
6: did
4: he that for a lot of the game, was getting with his back to to late on Yeah, he was the that he go. He, he yeah, he's still causing problems. Um, he's pl- playing the same position that he's that he's always played in that front three. Obviously late on when we changed it put him as you know the right sided uh, wider player, the wing back, if you like. Um, yeah, I see he had that he was running towards the goal more, but um, he was causing problems for a lot of that first half for for uh, for Armenia. Just in terms of being disappointed, he started the
2: second. Sorry. In terms of being disappointed,
4: do you put that down to a physical issue or, or was it a, a mental lapse? Or I think they intercepted a couple of passes. Um, and broke quickly. The crowd then really got excited, so but it broke quickly. And Nothing really came of the attacks for that period, but, or the counter attacks, but they, they broke very, very quickly. And um, we just needed to use the width of the pitch more, make the pitch bigger, and uh, needed to you know really stretch Armenia. And uh, we didn't do that the way I would have wanted, um, so that was an issue.
1: Yeah, Stephen Kenny there speaking about uh, yesterday's loss away to Armenia. 63 minutes gone in the World Cup qualifier between... Wales and Ukraine and it was I suppose always going to be a tough ask for Ukraine to go again after such a, an emotional uh, performance against Scotland to beat them 4-1 they looked absolutely drained after it and uh, yeah they certainly left everything out there that that, that night in Hampden Park they're down 1-0 to Wales here but look they still have time to get a goal and uh, what a story it would be if Ukraine got to the World Cup and obviously equally with, with Wales looking to get to their first one in, in 64 years so we'll keep an eye on that uh, as the show progresses now on to uh, the cork City women's team who have a new manager and it's former cork City star defender Danny Murphy uh, he got the uh, role during the weekend his first game was a tough outing last night against Piedmont United uh, losing seven nil but um, look plenty plenty uh, to come uh, from the corks from cork City women's and uh, the, the the work only starts here I suppose and I, I spoke to Danny uh, earlier on today about uh, last night and about uh, all the work and the plans that he has coming up. All right, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on the line by Cork City Women's new manager, Danny Murphy. Danny, uh, congratulations and thanks for joining us.
7: No, thanks, I appreciate it. Um, looking
1: forward to it. Yeah, look, last night was a tough start, but I suppose against Pimonte, it was always going to be difficult.
7: Yeah, listen, um, I, you know, I could have asked to come in a week later and like thinking, oh, I've got a fair opportunity. But to be honest with you, ask, I knew yesterday was going to be difficult. Um, it was. It's not ideal having one night's training with the girls in and then going in and taking the game. But be like, honest, we've got a lot to learn, and I'd rather go in with a game against a team like P Man, and like you really get to see a lot. Whereas you could come in against a team who's not as good, and it just papers over things in terms of like the things we need to improve and what we
1: need to do. Exactly, yeah, I understand, yeah and like it's a young team and uh, you said that as well yourself and like it's uh, it's going to take time and I suppose you're looking forward to that challenge
7: Yeah, no, listen I'm really looking forward to it we've got a young team we've got, you know a group of girls there who I, I think they understand they they need to understand very quickly what it play, means to play for Cork City and, and we need to be a team that are, are difficult to beat and, you know, at the moment it's, I don't know like, I could be wrong, and like, my first impressions of a couple of it is maybe there's a way too many girls there that are just happy to be at Cork City instead of actually wanting to progress and kick on from Cork City. Um, you know, for me, like, if you're just happy to be here because you want to wear the shirt, then maybe I need to start looking at other pairs and thinking about different things because I want girls who want to take the club to the next level and girls who want to be a part of the women's team and actually win things.
1: Is there also maybe a job in in rebuilding their confidence to an extent because like they have come off the back of some very tough results say, in the last couple of weeks?
7: Yeah, I, listen, I completely agree with you, and I think it's very difficult. It's very easy for me to come in and go, oh, do, we, we need to do this better, we need to do that better. But you know Like as a staff and a group of people there, we've got to do things better because like ultimately, like we've got to take so we've got to take a lot of responsibility for why the girls are at where they're at. Like, are we not doing the right things off the pitch to get them prepared for things on the pitch? you know Like are we preparing them properly? Are we helping them? Are we building their confidence? Are we make it, help making them better players? And are we giving them the right information going into the games? Like, for me, there's loads of things that need to change, and it's a complete rebuild. Like, we have to completely rebuild how we look at things from the bottom up, and that starts with myself, with the rest of the, the staff. And the players. And we'll, listen, we'll get it right because I do think there's a really good bunch of girls here that are really want to do well and want to be a part of what I want to build and, wh- and where, where we want to go as a club. And that means, like, in terms of as of Cork City Football Club, where we want to be and what we want to achieve. There's a good group of girls that want to do that there. You know, and it's a case of, like, giving them a better understanding. Like, can I help them understand what it means to play for Cork? You know, I don't care if they play bad. As long as they work hard. And I think that people in court could accept that. Like I wasn't the most, you know, for me as a player, I wasn't the most technically gifted. But, you know, what? I just made sure I ran around and worked hard. I think that if you do that, you'll, you'll get the results and we'll get the rewards that we need as a team. I think that, that's something we need to, I need to implement in them as a team and I need to, you know, convince them that it's the right thing to do. And the there are things that me and the staff need to be able to do better. And, you know, I will have a long look at things over the next couple of weeks that we play treaty on Saturday not going to make loads of changes between now and then but like after that like I'm going to start implementing things that I think we need to do better and you know then the girls have had a week or so to get to know me and and I spoke to a few of them on the phone today and you know asked their opinion where they feel things need to be done better what their thoughts and feelings are about it and you know they've been very honest about stuff and I think you know people know me that I'm quite an honest person anyway and uh, you know I, I just want to do I just want to start winning games yeah, I once think once we start winning games, we can start looking at winning trophies.
1: I think uh, everyone listening to here can can get a sense of how passionate you are. Like, and, and you must be delighted to be back involved with the club. And you can really get that sense from me talking to. you.
7: Yeah, no, listen, I'm massively passionate about it. I, I I wanted to be a part of Cork City. I wanted to come back as a manager at some stage. And you know, for me, like, forget all the, what I've done in the past. Like, like my my, my legacy and my, the things I've done is going to be done with what we build as a group of girls and the club on the women's side like, there's loads of things that need to change but we have a complete rebuild like we need to be in, you know we want to be and I know from the club and they want to be a big women's to be more part of the club like, and they, we all want to work together like you know, even from the men's side from like the likes of Healers and you know Liam Carney and some of the other boys they're like saying, Look, they do need to be more involved we do like it needs to be one club and all pushing in the same direction because listen if we're achieving the club we're achieving Then the men and the men's are achieving, then we're achieving, then the club's achieving. we're all pulling in the same direction, then we start to be, we could be unstoppable. But we've got to all push in the right direction to do that.
1: Absolutely. And I suppose just looking then, you just touched on it just in the short term, up next is Treaty United and it is a great opportunity to get a positive result.
7: Yeah, it is a great opportunity to get a positive result, but it's not going to paper over the things that we need to do better at. Um, And I don't mean to be negative about that. I mean, like for me people are probably expecting us to win that game but like, i want to do it in a fashion in a style that where we're what we're going to look like as a team going forward and, and i'll be honest with the girls i like, it might sound that i'm kind of being negative but like the demands and expectations i'm going to put on them are very high and like, i expect them to understand that like, i will be honest i'm not going to say things just to you know get people be on them on my side or for it to look good in the newspapers, like for me, like, I'm going to be very honest, and I'll tell the girls exactly our, the same things I'm going to say in, in, to the media is like we need to do better, and you now these things we've got to do better as a team if we want to achieve big things, and it's just, it's going to take time, but by 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 the time we get all the right things in place, I think that we can massively achieve. Like, I really honestly believe that the players are there to do it. I've got to implement certain things to get them to the next level.
1: Absolutely, excellent stuff. Well, Danny, we wish you the very best of luck from from all here in Red FM, and uh, yeah, we'll all be looking forward to, to to that game on Saturday, as I'm sure you are, William. Yeah, Danny Murphy there, and uh, yeah, like we said, hopefully uh, he can uh, perform. Uh, he can he can get Cork City Women's back to where they belong, and uh, the very best of luck with him. Uh, the very best of luck to him from from everyone here. Now, coming up after the break, we round up all the local GA action. We hear from Cork Minor boss Michael O'Brien on that fantastic Munster final victory over Kerry, and uh, we look at the two big provincial hurling finals. Of course, it's Kilkenny and Limerick reigning supreme once. Again. Again, don't go away.
0: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench.
1: You're very welcome back to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Aiden Lee here with you until 7. And Wales have come uh, from uh, the width of a post away. And another great save from Garrett Bale. Gareth Bale's effort there by the Ukrainian goalkeeper where Wales were so close they hit the post to make it 2-0 after 75 minutes in their um, World Cup qualifying final, playoff final. Um, of course the winner going to Qatar uh, this winter and uh, yeah Ukraine now with just over 10 minutes to try and rescue it but Wales are looking very dangerous and uh, much more likely to probably wrap it up Um before uh, Ukraine get a chance and uh, also live at the moment Northern Ireland are away to Cyprus in the Nations League it's nil all there after 78 minutes now um, just before we get back to all the other GA goings on uh, in in the French Open of course in Paris it was a huge day men's finals day Rafa Nadal won his 14th title at the French Open um, of course I think he's He's lost three games in his career. I think that's that was his 115th game at the French Open, and he's lost. Um, well, he's lost. Yeah, he's lost three games. So you know, um, it's incredible stuff. Uh, he's won. Sorry, he's 111 games out of, <laughs> or 112 games out of 115. So had a serious, serious going. Uh, yeah, he beat Kasper Ruud in the final. dispatched the Norwegian in straight sets to clinch a record extending twenty seven Grand Slam title. Of course, the Spaniards now won two more majors than any other player. Of course, Djokovic and um Federer on twenty 20- slams each so uh, Nadal pulling too clear but it doesn't look like he's going to be playing too many more Grand Slam finals by the way he's speaking at least um, but his six three six three six 6 love victory makes him the oldest French Open winner ever and as I said it could be his final Roland in Gareth's appearance um, here's what he said after the match Merci
8: Merci beaucoup Uncle Le Monde. um <laughs> Well, uh, first of all, Casper. Uh, it's a, it's a real pleasure to, uh, to play with you uh, a final here in Roland-Garros. Uh, you are great. Uh, I want to congratulate you for uh, an amazing career that you are having, and especially uh, these two weeks, I think, is, uh, is a very important step forward. So I am very, very happy for you and for all your family, uh, your team. You are doing great. You are great and very healthy people. So I am very happy for you and wish you all the very, very best for the future. Thank you. Well, uh, I have uh, to follow with my team. I think uh, team, family, everybody who is who is there. Uh, you know, uh, it's completely. Uh amazing the things that are happening uh, this year so i just can uh, thank you very very much for all the things that you you are doing with me and you did over the years now uh, without you nothing of this will be possible without any doubt no especially in the very tough moments that we went through in terms of injuries if you if i don't have a, a great uh, support from the team family uh, everybody that uh, have been next to me nothing of this uh, will be possible because i will be retired much, much before. So many, many thanks for everything. Well, uh, for me personally, uh, very difficult to to describe uh, the feelings uh, that I have. Uh, it's. Uh it's f- something that uh, I, f- for sure, never believed. Uh, be here at uh, 36, uh, being competitive again, uh, playing in uh, in the most important court of my career one more time. Final means a lot to me. You no, know, means everything. It means a lot of energy to to try to to keep going. Uh, I just uh, want to say.
1: Merci, merci beaucoup a uh, tout le monde ici a uh, Paris. Yeah fantastic stuff all week at the French Open I watched the semi-final against Alexander Zverev on Friday it was an unbelievable game it wasn't even two sets all it was going on for three hours and Zverev then um, went over on his ankle and like I'd say he's probably out for a year or at at least uh, seven or eight months because I'd say he did awful damage to his ankle ligaments um, but it was like you could see it coming the, the ferocity of the game they were playing but yeah Nadal he's a great watch on clay uh, really is and uh, it'll just be interesting to see now how many more majors he does um, actually play before he he finishes up um, which is a lot of people are saying it'll probably be this this season because uh, apparently he has some awful injuries well, some people say he he over uh, Exaggerates the injuries, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's 36 years of age doing what he does, so, uh, fair play to him. Hopefully, he keeps going for another, uh, bit. Now, let's go on to local GAA, and, uh, it was Red FM Hurling League weekend, um, so let's go through the results from Division 1 Group A Newtown Chandram 215, Fermoy 114, Douglas 223, Killa 316, Bishopstown 22 points, Father O'Neill's 221. And yesterday also in Group B, Carrick Tsuhill 115, Aaron Zone 112, Kantark 215, Ballymartle 112. And there was one game today in Group B. Sarsfields beat Bright Rovers 320 to 14 points. Let's look at the tables then. After seven rounds for most of the teams, it's only Middleton and Black Rock that have played six games in Group A in Division 1. Douglas are top of the table on 14 points. Black Rock, after six games and six wins, are on 12 points. Um, In third place on the table are Father O'Neill's. They have five wins and two losses newtown Chandrum have four wins and three losses killa have three wins a draw and three draws um so they're a point behind newtown Chandrum. Uh, further niels are two points ahead of Newton Chandrum in third place um i presume it's the top two that come out of the group and into semi-finals um so uh, still possible there for further niels but Blackrock uh, black Rock, um will be playing middleton i presume uh pretty soon um possibly during the week, so uh we'll keep an eye out for that. In Group B in Division One. Sarsfields and Kentark are level on thirteen points at the top. Um they've both won six games and have drawn a game. Uh Charleville are next in third place on nine points, four wins a draw and two losses. Uh so it looks like Sarsfields and Kentark might run away with uh Group B. Let's look at the football groups course They'll be back in action next weekend um, In group A Of division 1 Ball and, and St. Finbar's Are level on 10 points With rogue just behind them And 9 um, Finnbars have 5 wins and 2 losses and have 4 wins 2 draws and a loss and are just ahead on points difference although personally you know the team with more wins I feel should be uh, probably ahead but uh, look it probably doesn't make much of a difference really uh, and looking at Group B in Division 1 Nemo Rangers lead the way on 14 points 7 wins out of 7 Kilimanjaro are next They have two draws and five wins. They're on 12 points. And Valley Rovers are in third after five wins and two losses. Now, on to uh, the Cork Miners who pulled off a fantastic victory when I don't think anyone probably gave them a chance, especially after the game against Kerry a couple of weeks ago in Tralee and Ossestack Park. But They rebounded with a fantastic performance against Tipperary. And they went and they turned it all around, turned it on its head and they defeated Kerry in the Munster final. A fantastic victory for them. I caught up with manager Michael O'Brien earlier today. Alright, Michael O'Brien joins me now after a fantastic win for the Miners in the Munster final of the week. Michael, thanks a million for joining us. Delighted to be here. Uh, yeah, super, super win, uh, 311 to 9 points. And uh, I suppose uh, an early goal in, in the first half was it was very important in the performance.
6: I know it, it was, and it, it, you need to get the, the look. Um, and you came off the, the post and came down, and Brian Hayes reacted really quickly to, to buy the ball into the back of the net. Um, so, yeah, look, we were, we were absolutely delighted with the, the performance and the character that the lad showed.
1: I suppose it's a, it's a massive turnaround it almost makes the game in Austin Stack Park even more confusing now but I suppose it's just the fact of get, maybe getting a couple of games into the guys to get them going
6: I know there's no doubt they, 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 the game against Cabrera really got the belief back into the lads, the training after the Kerry game was good even though everyone was bitterly disappointed but again they, they're very young and they, they they bounce back really quick, you know 15, 16 year olds you know they forget about you know what's happened in the past and they just get on with it, which is great that they don't dwell on it too long. And they didn't. Um, and the first day against Kerry, just nothing went right for us. You know, and, yeah. and we knew that like we knew there was uh, much more in the group, and they really did show what they're, they're all about. And that's
1: when the yeah, like and and as we said, goals are so important. And two uh, one from play, I think from Brian Hayes, like it's great going, in that Munster final. I know, absolutely. He He's
6: a great player, Brian. Um, and, and, you know, if he gets half a chance, that he, he'll bury it uh, in the first half as well. He got a superb free from the sideline as well, you know, which was very important just to keep it going. When we did get on top after the first 15 minutes, we got four or five points without replying that period. Um, and and that, that was so important.
1: I suppose as well like you knew the the threats that they had through the likes of uh, Dylan and Lane who caused a lot of problems in town and you really marshaled them well I know absolutely look we, we two, two lads were given a specific
6: job to man mark both of them and, and then we, we were planning to protect them there was another guy at the back and uh, Kerry gave us that kind of sweeper by, by, by moving one of their forwards out so walk walked the trees so look the, I suppose the tactics on the day really
1: worked for us and now looking ahead, uh, an All-Ireland quarter-final coming up against Derry. You must be very excited going into it. I know, absolutely. Uh, this is where you
6: want to be, in quarter-finals of All-Ireland. Um, and we know uh, Derry are a
1: very good team. But look, we're really looking forward to the occasion now on um, Saturday. Fantastic stuff. Well, Michael, we will you let you get back to it? Great stuff. Thanks, Wayne. Yeah, Michael O'Brien there. Fantastic uh win for the Cork Miners. Now, let's uh cast our eye across the Leinster final yesterday, um and of course it was a third uh title in a row for Kilkenny, and uh, well, as as we often say, the, the hurling was almost a sideshow to the, the Brian Cody Henry Shefflin uh stuff. But um, uh, look, I i listened to the game on the radio on the way home yesterday. Um, it didn't really get going, I mean, it was nowhere near the game today, but uh, in the end, it was Kilkenny 22 points, Galway 17. And here is the losing manager Henry Shefflin, Galway manager Henry Shefflin.
9: Yeah, disappointment is the, is the overriding emotion, I think. Uh disappointing result but more so a very disappointing performance and that's probably the thing that probably hurts the most because if you go out and you lose a big game and you, you perform to somewhat your capabilities you wouldn't be too bad but not to perform at all it's very disappointing so that's the probably one that's hurting the most
5: By half time you were a point only the win to come and you looked in fairly decent shape at that stage
9: yeah, but even the first half was just a very poor game, you know, I, I think for for anyone, obviously Kenny are going to be the, the, the delighted, but for the neutral watching that game, it was just stop start, never got any flow on it whatsoever, and um, yeah, there was no pattern of play, we would no punch up front, Connor ween obviously was hurting him a little bit, but I said, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's hard to put into words because we didn't see this one coming, because we performed fairly well in the round robin, you know, uh, top to group, probably should have even had all points, and, and there was a good energy about us. There was good work rate, there was good intent in everything we did, there was intensity all over the place, and training has been good the last two weeks. So uh, I definitely felt we'd get a performance, but it'd be good enough, I knew there was going to be a bounce in Kilkenny, but um, yeah, it just never happened. And that's, that's the overriding emotion, that disappointment. And you mentioned that stop-start nature. Obviously, it probably suited Kilkenny more than Galway yeah maybe so obviously TJ I think got 12 from freeze and stuff like that but to be fair I think we were James Owens never really let it flow but I think we were probably making it easy for him to make decisions by again just off it you know you're off it on the ball you're off it off the ball and when you go into tackles if you're off it if your hands are high it's making it easy so um, yeah so that was that was kind of the way it went and you
5: mentioned Conor Whelan obviously got four points from play the rest of the forwards by their own standards were very quiet
9: today yeah from midfield up you know I think uh the two wing backs got a point each, but I think Keenan got two points in the wing and Conor Cooney got one point from play. That was it, and that's that's never going to be good enough to win. And that, that was the kind of match it was, there was no, no flow. We had a couple of chances early days, a goal might have given us a bit of confidence, but it just wasn't that it.
5: Yeah, and you had five, I think it was five goal chances that we counted. And as you said, if you'd taken one of them, possibly it could have been slightly different
9: we yeah. said so we don't know that you know because as i said even with 45 50 minutes gone you can a couple of points you're, you're kind of waiting for galway to come yeah just never came so um, and that's that's the reflection of Kilkenny as well to be fair the, their offensive duties were very well and they were just getting into the breaks better than ourselves
5: the free count obviously I think it was nineteen twelve in the end in favour of Kilkenny but it was from a Guller perspective it was a lot lower from I think it was 19-9 at one stage we,
9: we got three frees in injury time. I think to kind of balance it in some yeah. way yeah it definitely was I, th- I thought there was a few that were kind of dubious enough probably frees for us that we probably didn't get on the other side but I don't think that was had a major barrier in the game whatsoever, and you, you won the toss. Opted to, to play against it, was that a conscious decision? I didn't even know we won the to- toss to be fair. Because, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we look, I think both teams probably would have played against it. But I think we were as disappointed as we were at half time, we probably felt we were in an okay position, yeah. But again, just never, never got going, never came at all. And it's two weeks' time
5: now, I think the, the qualifiers possibly like the likes coming down the track uh, obviously if
9: that won't be easy now it'll be hard to lift the players going into that championship oh, Truthfully if we perform like that against any team in two weeks time we will not win so it's hurting tonight uh, hurting tomorrow and then you just get again and get back onto the training field next week and uh, you need to bring that hurt to the performance because we can talk and say all the words we want to but you have to perform when the white ball is thrown in
0: uh, Henry, Kilkenny were sluggish against Wexford, and I'm sure you knew they were going to come in with a bit more fire in their belly. And generally, I thought Kilkenny they played the game on their terms more so than you would have liked, I'd say.
9: Yeah, I think they probably did, Nicky, to be fair. They were probably... But again, there was no flow to it, so I, I did not think it was actually it was actually a great game for Kilkenny either, you know. So, but I did think like I think the Wexford game was probably I think Wexford performed very well when you look back on it. Kilkenny could have easily uh, got got there as well, but I uh, said no, they, they were better than us and they deserved a victory. So, um, and probably had more scores. I'm not quite sure stats on it, but um, yeah. So they'd be happy the way the game went. They won.
0: In terms of the, uh, the Galway forwards, I think we need to give credit to the Kilkenny backs as well. I mean, Hugh Lawler in the second half picked up Conor Wheelan, who was no question about it was the danger player there, and Mikey Butler grabbed a few balls, Paddy Deegan was on a run, and they all played well. You would have expected a bit more from your forwards, I'd say, in the second half, particularly when you had the win.
9: Yeah, but sometimes when you're playing with the wind, you can poke it down long. You can kind of get sucked in, and they can get bodies back. And uh, look Kilkenny f- defenders were very good. I would say the Galway defenders defended uh, heroically as well, so that our full back line, especially, was very, very strong. So uh, it was a kind of game for defenders, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but but to be fair, Kilkenny played well, and obviously Paddy Deegan got a couple of scores from wing back as well, which which helped them.
0: Um... Three Leinster titles in a row for Kilkenny, and uh, I, I know you're in a different camp now, but it does say a fair bit about Kilkenny that they're still able to notch up
9: for titles I think you said it yourself Nicky that's the truth yeah. oh, look when they get to a Leinster final they're going to be very hard bets so um, yeah three in a row it's a fair going for us.
0: what are you going to do to your players in the next uh, couple of weeks because they they need a, they need a bit of g up now what are what you going to do different
9: different I'm not quite sure because uh, you know we get back on the field we go again and uh you know, you train and obviously you look at personnel and see if there's anyone outside the 26 that can come in. Is there anyone in the subs list that can make a start? And you have to re-look at all those things. So I think the difference is probably personnel because I don't think you're going to change that much in two weeks. Is it, is it getting easier or more difficult to face the case? Sorry? Is it getting easier or more difficult to face the clinic? What do you mean by that question, John? It's a second, second time you've. So it's the second time? Yes. Um, I wouldn't say it's much different. You prepare for it, and it was only five weeks ago we played for him, so I don't really get the result. So I'm not quite sure you're questioning. Because you're playing in your own county for a second time, that's the question I'm
4: asking.
9: So is it more difficult or easy to play there? It's, it's the same. It's, it's easier that's... the more than you play no, I wouldn't say so, no, because they're a difficult team to play against. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, we'll take a positive, Henry. Coming up to the match, if you
5: said you would to hold Kilkenny, scored us, which you did. And got from goals. Scores, yeah. Goal, goals, I mean, sorry, and Kilkenny at 19 points, you'd give yourself every chance coming into it. So the point I'm trying to make here is up front, maybe the forwards just didn't click today, did it?
9: The yeah, defenders not, were good I, I, thought, yeah, I thought both sets of defenders were mm. probably good and Obviously I think TJ got 12 from f- frees And I think Conor Cooney got I four, Nine I think nine, Yeah. So mm. that was the, probably a little bit of a the difference there and TJ nailed all his frees and stuff like that So. Yeah, we um, yeah, only had a few goal chances in the second half We probably had him in the first half So um, yeah, it was just I don't know, <laughs> from anybody's view Probably happy, but it was just It was a very flat game
1: Mm, tense interview with Henry Shefflin after the game there um, I, was, I, I said I'd play Shefflin instead of Cody I thought it'd be a bit more interesting And also there's a massive prospect of Cork ending up facing Galway And instead of hearing what Brian Cody had to say at the end of yesterday's game We're going to hear from Limerick manager John Kiley After his side won their fourth Munster title in a row yeah, listen, we're all a bit
10: exhausted afterwards, you know, it was, it was a, a, a thrilling encounter, you know, a proper, proper game, you know, both sides were, went at it from the very get-go, it was very physical. I suppose the conditions probably linted it to have being you know, that that kind of a game as well. But you know, both sides were really honest in their endeavour, and uh, I'm just really proud of our guys the way they stuck at it. You know, it wasn't really maybe going our way at times, and you know, sometimes that that's just the way the game flows for you. But you got to just keep
2: after it, keep at it, and I was really proud the way our lads did that. When people talk about the character and the experience of squads, was that evident in the early stages of the first period of extra time, where you just got that little cushion that put the pressure
10: back on Clare? Yeah, listen, we've been here before. You know, we've come through these types of games. You know, Cork in 2018. You know, we have these reference points that we can look to, you know, for confidence that we can do what we're looking to do. And uh, I think, you know, we've also got a squad that we have complete trust in. So the lads coming off the bench had a massive impact on that game for us. You know, every one of the lads coming off the bench made a huge impact. And uh, you know, that's what it takes in order to win these tight battles is for fellas to come off the bench and make, you know, finish the game out for us. So really, really happy with the way to did that.
2: You spoke before the game about refocusing and, and perhaps maybe reinventing certain aspects of your game from what's gone before. How Satisfied are you with the performance in light of the expectation or the demands that you've collectively placed upon yourselves? Yeah, listen, I don't know whether we've hit those or not, but what I will say is that the challenge that was put before us
10: by by Claire was an immense challenge and, you know, we ha- it, it took everything within our power to, you know, get on top in various areas, you know. We struggled again on the puck out side of it. Again, that's a huge nod as opposed to their their contribution, but, you know, in the second half and in at the time, we got on top of those areas and I think they were key to us uh, closing out the game.
2: Four in a row, it's a long long, long time since the Limerick team has done that in Munster and we can see from the, the fans, the hunger for success is as strong as it's ever been and this group, they'll celebrate that tonight but I'd imagine you refocus very, very quickly. Yeah, it wasn't
10: a part of anything we spoke about in the last, you know, couple of weeks I think, to be fair to the supporters you know, we saw it during the springtime, you know when the team wasn't maybe playing at its best and maybe struggling a little bit, you know, the supporters were always there for the team, I think the supporters have a great connection with this team and I think they really appreciate the effort that the lads have put in over the last five or six years, so, you know, I think it's more of an appreciation for what the boys are doing for, for the jersey uh, as much as anything else but you know listen we're really really proud of the guys it is an immense achievement and uh, you know it puts us in a, in a, in a good place now to uh, work f- towards the, the All-Ireland series Just a,
2: a minor thing I know you're heavily invested in the history of Limerick Hurling and the, the heritage that has gone before you and has gone before the squad it might be a minor thing to people but how important is it to be the first team to lift the McMackie Cup?
10: Oh sure it's, it's the McMackie name is just synonymous with Limerick Hurling and We're very proud to have been a part of that group that did that, you know, Uh, hugely proud of it and it's something that nobody can ever take away from us, you know, as a group. So it took a huge effort uh, but it's worth it and uh, we, we certainly had to earn it, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, John Kylie, there. That is it. We're almost out of time. Wales are going to the World Cup for the first time in 64 years. They've just beaten Ukraine 1-0 in the playoff final. Uh, commiserations. Uh, the Ukrainian players look absolutely spent. They put in a great performance against, uh, Scotland last weekend, but not enough. That is it from us. You can catch us on the, on redfm.ie if you want to listen back to the show. Uh, Jar will be on the way on Thursday for the Women in Sport podcast. Green on Red is on the way next.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's
1: Red FM.